Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's for brown a bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out. The bad seed, the broken eight, the bad up over the bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad atters, bad taste, bad luck, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. It's another FOTB pod, baby. That's what they're talking about. This time I'm getting into that fresh Netflix show about football, all American. After accepting Coach Billy Baker, former NFL star, Ty Diggs plays Billy Baker. And he makes an offer for this kid to play football for Ritzy Beverly Hills High for the Eagles. This kid from Crenshaw, star player Spencer James, struggles to fit in at the new school. He goes there. He ends up having to move into the Baker's home in a giant mansion in Beverly Hills so that he's legal in the town because he's not from there. He's from the hood. And so you can't play in Beverly Hills if you're from the hood. And you cross over like county lines. So he ends up moving in with the Bakers, the coach, and he's got a daughter and a son, and he lives with them. His best friend is this chick, Coop. She's a lesbian. She's in a gang in Crenshaw, so Spence doesn't like her lifestyle, but she's kind of trapped in it. And then he ends up taking his new brother, if you will, where he's living at the house, Jordan, the head coach's son, who's the quarterback of the Eagles. Anyway, Spencer takes him to the hood in Crenshaw. He gets a taste of it, and then Coop has to start getting honest with herself that she's got nothing but problems. And then she eventually turns to Sean for help. She needs it. But Spencer's bonding with Asher, this kid that had a drug problem. He's a wide receiver on the team. He's got nothing but problems. His mom and dad are always fighting, and they're headed for a divorce. Bottom line is Layla goes and seeks Spencer's help because she doesn't like her rich dad's new girlfriend. So Layla goes to Spencer for help. And then Coop's gang connections starting to take off everybody in the community. And then the rivals start taunting the head coach, Billy. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And then they have a homecoming dance. And there's all kinds of confessions threatening to ruin all kinds of relationships. Coop begins to fear Tyrone as Sean attempts to turn a corner in his life. Eventually at homecoming, Coop and Spencer urge Sean to make a change. As the tragedy hangs over the homecoming game, Spencer and the team face stiff competition. Spence ends up feeling torn between his Crenshaw roots and his rising stardom at Beverly. Jordan, the quarterback, stresses out about a drug test because he parties and he smokes a little of that K-Funk Swiss cheese. And Coop's still having nothing but problems with the gang life. Spence plans an anti-violence rally in Crenshaw. Coop ignores his advice. Layla's reputation is challenged. Billy learns that Jordan has been keeping secrets from him. And Spence is flustered when his old Crenshaw teammates show up at a college recruiting event. Olivia pays Asher a visit. Grace considers her own dreams in life. 
Everybody's got everything going on. Flashbacks all over the place, revealing everybody's struggles in the past. Olivia and Spencer each try not to revert to their old habits. Olivia's had problems with the drinking and the booze. And Coop's father has a surprise. And then just ahead of the playoffs, a midterm essay stumps Spencer while secrets about his father start emerging. Dad has been absent from his life his entire life. And this is becoming a big story. The arrival of a figure from the past sparks heated confrontations. Coop makes a risky call, and then Layla urges Asher to self-reflect, which was kind of cheesy. And then there's revelations about Spencer prompting Billy to make painful confessions. His painful confession is he's cheating on his wife, and that leads to all kinds of anger and chaos and separations and threats of divorce and his own kids turn on Billy, and then Coop's trying to thwart a dangerous plan in the community. She's all wrapped up in gang life. And then there's the championship. Tensions run high for Spencer as Beverly Hill takes on South Crenshaw where he should have played ball in the championship game. And Billy, of course, head coach, knows he has to make a tough decision, and that's to move out because his wife hates his guts now. So at the end of the first season, the Beverly Eagles win the state championship and they beat South Crenshaw in the title game. So then all of a sudden, season two starts. They're celebrating their championship. Spencer grapples with a decision. And then Corey confronts Grace. Corey is Spencer's dad, who's been absent from his life his whole life. Now he shows up to be the new head coach at where? Of course, South Crenshaw. And what does he want? He wants Spencer to leave Beverly and come play again for South Crenshaw, where he should have been playing all along in the hood and play for his dad, and now he can finally have a relationship with his dad. And then Billy's doing soul-searching while he's hitting a bottle hard and drinking his face off, and he's not coaching at Beverly anymore. He was going to quit, and everyone thinks he's just on a vacation. No one knew that he quit because when he put in his resignation, his son, Jordan, takes the letter and hides it, and nobody knows that the coach is out boozing except a couple of his friends. So anyway, Corey, Spence's father, brings a surprising addition to the Crenshaw team. Another kid that he had been raising in Nevada. So another kid. So basically, while he's blowing off his own son his entire life, he's over raising another baby mama's kid and being his father and blowing off his own kid. And that pisses off Spence. And Jordan's got a new attitude and disappointing consequences. He's getting popped left and right, crashing cars, lying to his dad treating his dad like crap, lying to his mother, and getting in all kinds of trouble left and right, getting grounded. He loses his driving privileges. Then he wrecks his sister's car. He's just a mess. And Layla's poised for a crack. She's going to go down the drain too. It's crazy. Anyway, eventually, Spencer gives Corey an ultimatum. Be my dad. You know, stop with all this football stuff. Just be my dad. And then Coop participates in a rap battle and loses. Everyone in the hood thinks that Coop's a narc now. Because she was involved in a shooting and they thought that she set up this guy in the hood. But actually she saved his life, saved him from dying. But everybody thinks that she set him up. So now everybody in the hood's calling her a narc and a rat and treats her like crap. And she loses the rap battle because the other guy calls her out for being a rat and a narc. And then Billy finds his authority as coach being undermined by a booster. So this filthy rich prick. Booster in Beverly Hills thinks he runs the football program and starts ordering Billy around. 
And then Spencer's got growing concerns for Layla. Layla's his girlfriend. She's got depression. And she's been acting weird, getting angry, getting in fights, treating Spencer like crap. She starts showing cuts on her arm. She's cutting herself. She tried to drown herself. She was going to kill herself. And her dad's never home. Her dad's always in Asia. And she's got tons of money. So all she does is go bin shopping and spends tons of money on clothes. She buys everything in the world and brings it back to her fancy hotel room that she lives in in a fancy hotel in Beverly Hills. She lives large, penthouse style in a suite and just fills it with all this crap that she buys. And meanwhile, she treats her boyfriend and everybody else like crap and gets in fights every single day. So she's clearly got some problems with depression so her dad finally comes home after spencer narks her out to her father then she turns on spencer and dumps him spencer was just trying to save her he knew something was wrong with her but she dumped him and then she turned on her dad she was mad at her dad she's mad at everybody she's fighting with everybody and then guess what Corey, spencer's dad the football coach at south crenshaw because there's a fight between spencer and this new kid from nevada that corey has been raising right he's been raising this kid instead of his own son Spencer gets in that kid's face, and so Corey decides he's going to leave again. He's going to bolt again from Spencer's life. And he takes off in the middle of the night and ditches him again. So once again, Spencer is fatherless. So all this chaos has been going on. And then this booster, he says, you know what? We need another rematch of the state championship game between Beverly and Crenshaw. So they're going to do an exhibition game at Beverly against Crenshaw. And there's all kinds of stuff going on. Spencer's making bets about the game and everything else. Bottom line is Jordan, the quarterback of the team, ends up allegedly at this point knocking up this chick, Simone. He gets her pregnant and his whole life is turned upside down. Not only is he not allowed to drive and he's been grounded and he's in all kinds of trouble with his mom and dad, but he has to admit to his dad and mom that he knocked up this girl and he's in high school, and he's already getting a chick pregnant, so he's got nothing but problems. In this show, All-American, is absolute chaos. Basically, it's 90210 on steroids. By the way, when the head coach at Beverly, Billy Baker, Ty Diggs, he cheated on his wife with Spencer's mother. So Spencer was raised by his mother, Grace, and it was a long time ago that they cheated And they kept the secret forever, right? They had this hidden away in the closet. So no one knew that they had had an affair. And so the whole time he was living with his wife, he was leading a gigantic lie. And not only that, Grace has Spencer, and she also has a young kid that's eight or nine years old. Well, guess what? It was eight or nine years ago that Billy was tapping Spencer's mother. And at the end of the day... Everyone thinks now that the little kid who's Spencer's little brother is Billy's kid. And you know it is. It's not anyone else's. Everybody thinks it might be Corey's, who's Spencer's dad, who blew him off his whole life. Everybody thinks it's Corey's kid, but it's not. The little kid is Billy Baker's kid. So Spencer's coach was cheating with his mother and knocked her up, and she had his little brother. So not only does his dad blow him off, But his brother is not his dad's kid. His brother's his head coach's kid. I mean, you can't even make this stuff up. It's so juicy. Come on now. So the booster that runs the football program in Beverly that Spencer hates and Billy, the coach, hates, this rich prick guy, his daughter is the little liaison. She runs everything for him. She's the business manager. She's running the whole football operation. And she's doing a feature film on Spencer's 
career and his hard knock life coming from the hood and Crenshaw and then going to Beverly and taking him to a state championship and winning every game and being a stud star athlete. And then they get back to Crenshaw before this big uh, exhibition game between Beverly and Crenshaw. And they go to film over at Crenshaw where he should have been playing. And they're trying to film a expose on him. And then the Darnell quarterback kid on Crenshaw was the kid Corey was raising, the baby mama kid that he was raising instead of his own son. And Spencer and him fought Darnell. So Darnell ended up going back to Nevada and Corey ended up leaving. God only knows where he went. But the Crenshaw players think Spencer's the reason that Darnell left. Spencer's the reason they don't have a quarterback. Spencer's the reason that Crenshaw was going to take on Beverly and beat their ass and get revenge for losing in the state championship game. And they had a great star quarterback now, this kid Darnell from Nevada, but now Darnell's gone. So the Crenshaw kids are like, yo, Spence, you're a bitch. You got in the way of our football season before our big game with you, the exhibition game. You got rid of our quarterback. You got rid of our coach. And now you're over here in the hood filming our team before the game. You're filming our plays. Filming us practicing. What gives? What kind of punk-ass stuff is that, Spence? And the chick's like, we're not filming them. Meanwhile, that's exactly what they were doing. Filming Crenshaw practicing before the game. And then she denied it. The cameraman's laughing while he's filming them. And the Crenshaw players are like, Spence, you're something else, man. You got rid of our quarterback, got rid of our coach. Now you're filming us. You are a gigantic wuss bag. So the head coach, Billy's daughter, starts seeing this wide receiver, Asher, who I told you about. And he used to be the star receiver. And then Spencer James replaced him. So he had a season with 23 touchdowns and over 1,200 yards receiving. And then when Spencer came around, he had 12 touchdowns and 500 yards receiving. And when they were doing the film on the team, the reporter asked him, what happened to your numbers? And he said, well, Spencer took my gig and he put up all the numbers. And she said... Would you have won the state championship without Spencer? And he's like, probably not. But, you know, if he weren't here, we'd still have to play our asses off and put up numbers, which I've done before without him. So now, remember this. He's bummed out that they're asking him about Spencer and not about him. Like, he doesn't matter at all. Meanwhile, he's dating the coach's daughter. And they both have had drug and alcohol problems. So when the kid lost his job, Asher, and then his mom and dad are getting a nasty divorce, he turned to drugs. And then she was drinking and drugging. So they both had their little rehab moments. And then they were in love. And then they both had all their problems. And they fought and never got together. And now that they're both sober and got their lives together and turned their lives around and saved their lives, they started finally making out and hitting it off and getting back together. Now they're hooked up. And they're like boyfriend, girlfriend. And then when he's over at her crib at the mansion at the head coach's house, they're making out and everything. And she's asking him questions about the football team, his interview, what they ask you about. He's like, Spencer, I don't want to talk about Spencer. I want to get a little. And then she's like, well, what about your mom and dad? Are they finally getting divorced? And then he's like, man, all you do is ask me about Spencer and about my mom and dad. Let's get a little leg. What's the problem here, woman? Suddenly they start fighting again. And he's like, Liv, what up, kid? You're talking about my mom. You're talking about Spencer. You don't even want to be with me. And she says she's trying to process it all. And she's confused and isn't certain if she wants to be with him. And then they stop making out. And Asher bolts the crib, disappointed. And he lost his 18-wheeler, which would be his semi-wood, which would be his chubby, 
Meanwhile, she is kind of hot, and if I were him, I'd keep working that angle because she is kind of smoke show hottie, but she apparently isn't sure about her feelings if she loves Asher enough to get Naked with him. Naked would be naked in Portuguese. Shake out. And then guess who appears back in Crenshaw, but the quarterback who left the team to go back to Nevada. He's back. He wants answers to what happened to his dad, Corey, who bolted in the middle of the night, leaving Spence again and leaving his little baby mama's son, fake son, quarterback son. But the Crenshaw kids want him to play football again and be on the team and lead him to victory over Beverly. He's back for answers about his dad. He said his dad never broke promises to him ever. And Spencer said, that's all he did was break promises to me. You're going to be disappointed. You ain't going to find no answers about Corey because he's a loser. But the kid from Nevada says, I'm not giving up and I'm not leaving until I get answers. So now you've got thick ass drama between the wannabe brothers, if you will, Spence and the Nevada hook. So eventually, there is a bet that is made between Spence and his Nevada hook, quasi-brother. The bet is, if Crenshaw wins the game, the exhibition, then Spence has to help him find out why Corey left. What happened to Corey? What happened to their quote-unquote dad? And if Beverly wins the game, then he has to leave altogether and go back to where he came from, Nevada, just tuck his tail and get the hell out. And you knew what would happen. Darnell starts lighting it up for Crenshaw, and the game's tied at sevens. Meanwhile, Jordan's having a crappy game, throwing balls into the ground, letting down his teammates. He's got other things on his mind, like his girlfriend that he knocked up. She's pregnant, getting her ultrasound done. Game's getting physical. There's some violence on the field. Tied up still. Darnell looks great. Jordan looks crappy. I haven't even seen Spence make a good play yet in this game. Come on, Spence, let's get involved, son. This ain't no joke. Jordan drops back, swing over to Spence, and he gets lit up on the dump pass and gets absolutely jacked up by Crenshaw. Spence looks like he got rung up, like a shot to the ribs. Oh, and then they return the favor, and you get a pickoff. Spence with a pickoff. Spence trying to go hizzy. Spence running to the hizzy, getting chased down by Donnell and knocked down again and banged up. A huge play by Spence. But the TD by Beverly puts him up 14-7. A huge play by Spencer James. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood... We bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. 
So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. So you got to love it. Jordan at halftime gets undressed and his dad gives him the keys to the car. He's going to go to his girlfriend's ultrasound trying to be a man for the first time ever because he's been nothing but a loser. Now the boosters lighting up Billy Baker for letting his star quarterback leave in the middle of a game. Then Billy accuses the booster of paying off the refs to let him get away with violence on the field in an exhibition game. There's all kinds of dirty stuff going on here. We got fights breaking out on the field in the third quarter. There's violence. The boosters clapping and loving life. Billy Baker, the head coach, is livid. The crowds are going at each other. Both teams, fans going at it. They're filming the game. There's all kinds of flagrant fouls going on and sucker punches. You knew this would happen between these arch rivals. Now Spence back on D. Billy lets him play both ways, offense and defense. Here's a bomb picked off by Spencer James. Again, another pick. He's the best player on the field, trying to go hizzy. Darnell's the only guy that can stop him. And Spencer James takes a knee right in front of Darnell instead of trying to score a touchdown. And they both take off their helmets. And Darnell takes a knee. And both young men realize there's more important things in life. Now, all of their teammates will follow. The game ends. Lessons to be learned in life. So after the game, Darnell and Spencer agree to work together as friends and brothers to find out why Corey left them in the middle of the night. They shake hands and show true sportsmanship and love for one another. And everyone is changing in the middle of this drama for the better. It's a huge change of events and a turn in the right direction for the whole community. Both Crenshaw and Beverly, could they perhaps get along? The rich prick community against the middle of the hood in South Central Lipstick City? Have to be impossible, wouldn't it? Olivia and Asher realize that they don't need to be lovers. They need to be best friends. They need each other because they're both addicts. And Olivia admits her true feelings to Asher, and Asher agrees to remain best friends instead of lovers. So there'll be no more makeout sessions, and there'll be no more trying to get leg from smoke show Olivia for young wide receiver Asher, who's had nothing but bad luck in his life with his family's splitting up and his addictions, and his favorite girl won't make out with him. But at least they're still best friends, and that's all that matters in life. So all of a sudden, Spencer and his little brother Dylan and his other boy, the quarterback for Crenshaw, Darnell, start realizing that their dad may have cancer. He had it once in high school, got it again as an adult, and they think that maybe the cancer's back for a third time. When they find a genetics test in the mail, they realize that maybe it wasn't for finding out who the kid is that Billy and his lover had, which is little Dylan. You know that little Dylan is Billy's kid. Now they find out that Corey, Spence's real dad, may have cancer. Oh, God. 
I got him. They've been treating him like crap the whole time and calling him all kinds of names that he deserts his family and he's a loser. And the whole time he was dying and he was sick. Oh, God. So now Billy and his wife, with all of their marital problems and his cheating, and the kids, the quarterback Jordan and Olivia, are in family counseling. Meanwhile, Spencer and Darnell and their little brother with the mother chase down Corey in the woods. He's living in a cabin, dying of cancer. So both families are on bonding trips, one to the family therapist, the other to the cabin to spend time with their father who's hiding from them because he's sick with cancer. Will they find each other's inner peace? Will they ever get along again? Will they ever be together again? Will they ever love each other again? Oh, God, the emotions. And the father-son argument. Selfish argue, man. This ain't just happening to you. Son. You want to know how I'm feeling? I, right. I'm angry. You hear me? I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm angry that you're dying and there ain't nothing I can do about it. You always leaving us, man. Leaving me. And this time it's gonna be for good. What the hell am I supposed to do with that? Very strong moments. Then after all of the camping and feelings and talking and screaming and yelling and loving, Spencer's dad, Corey, passes in the middle of the day while sitting in a chair in the cabin, and his battle with cancer ends. Then they move back to Crenshaw to bury Spencer's father. And it turns out that I was wrong all along. The Grace's child, the young Dylan, who I thought was Billy's kid when they cheated on their spouses, was actually Corey's. Corey passes away, and of course, Dylan, he finds out right before he dies, was his kid when Grace finally reveals the results of the testing. It was not Billy's kid, it was Corey's. And now they've lost their father. Drag. Now it's a bunch of froyo. No, we're doing the big cookie. Big cookie. And a pint. And then we just like put it all in. Hey, get as much as you want, Billy. Yes. Okay. Okay, we're going to get some money. Hey, I'm paying for everybody. What? Thanks, Vince. Hey. So you big time now? We're going to get that. What? Nah, just taking care of everybody for looking out today. So the extra money for college is what? A lot? That's enough. All right, stop it. I've been giving you a pass all day, but I'm done. You hear me? You're not the only person who lost somebody, Dylan. Spence. Chill. I'm sorry, Dean. I, I ain't mean to talk to you like that. D Forgive us. Dylan, listen, man. Oh. It's okay. Well, we're gonna go. It's all good. We'll get enough. Napkin. Go on. Come on, man. I got you. I got you. Can I get a napkin, please? There's so much tension at the ice cream store. As Spencer's lighting up his little brother. I'm starting to think my girl Coop's gonna end up in trouble. Every time she turns the corner, she's having problems. Preach is mad at her. He's finally turned on her and said, I'm not watching your back no more. She sold all these tickets to this roller skating rink concert, but this gang member played her and stole all the money, and then she asked Preach for help, and Preach wouldn't help her, but Preach ended up beating up the guy anyway and stealing all his money, and then dissing Coop. And then Coop's now got 
all kinds of enemies after her. They think she's a narc in the hood. She may end up dead. I'm starting to feel like she's going to end up dead, son. Meanwhile, her girlfriend and her are supposed to go to some big, huge event for Olivia in her club for aspiring women. And I think something bad's about to go down. Meanwhile, the Super Bowl MVP is at the Eagles practices. Billy Baker brought in the Super Bowl MVP quarterback, some white dude, wannabe Joe Montana-looking mother for Reller. And his name is allegedly Matt Stryker. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. But Spence isn't playing football anymore. He's trying to work as a waiter and save money for college. Meanwhile, he would have had a free ride. He was ranked the number 57 player in the nation. Meanwhile, his other brother, the quarterback from Nevada, he was ranked 154. They were both top 300. UCLA offered them both full rides. But Spence decided to hang at home and be a big brother to his little brother, Dylan. And then my girl, Chop, she busted up with her friend, Dylan, said she was going to beat his ass. There's a lot of that going around lately with these young Ds. These young Dylan's going to get some of that slap upside the head. Shake out. Work here, too? <laughs> Times must be rough. I've been thinking about what you said. About your future. This should be interesting. It can go one or two ways, son. You can forget about Coop and Mrs. Baker. You take the win and you live your life. What's the second, little G? Keep pushing. Maybe you hurt somebody. And then the whole hood turns on you. I got him to do it once. I can do it again. Only maybe it don't work out so good for you this time. Spencer James coming in strong. The days of you running around like some little superhero calling the shots. It's gone. You know what I think? I think you jealous. You jealous that a 17-year-old gets more respect than you'll ever have. And I ain't had to hurt nobody to get it. Look up, little homie. You ain't got your little football head on no more. Don't nobody give a damn about you. You just some Negro out here on the streets with nothing to offer. If I ain't got nothing to offer, then I ain't got nothing to lose. So if you do come after Coop or Mrs. Baker, ain't nothing gonna stop me from coming for your ass, you hear me? Nothing. That's what I'm talking about, Spence. So now we've just found out that Asher, who's caused all kinds of problems with Liv and ruined her dance, all he does is argue with her, all he does is blow her off, all he does is confront her, all he does is blame her for everything. Now we've seen him ruin the dance for her, and then he goes back to the gym to work out, and what happens there? Of course, he's lifting, and we see inside his bag that he's doing steroids. Oh my God, and Spence is shot in a drive-by at the dance, walking Olivia out to her car. He's shot in the chest, and there's all kinds of chaos.
the lockdown really is for the patient's own safety. A lot of times, rival gang members will try and finish the job in the hospital. Oh, God. Spence has been shot, and he's bleeding to death, and he's in the hospital. Oh, my God. Leo, 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 Leo. The doctors have told Spencer that he needs to have the bullet and shrapnel removed from his body. And if the surgery isn't successful, he could be paralyzed in his arm. No use of the arm means, even though he's quit football already, if he were to go back to play football and change his mind, he wouldn't be able to play ever again with a paralyzed arm. So there's so much chaos and trauma and decision-making going on. He's under a tremendous strain and heavy amounts of pressure to decide on whether to have the surgery or to just leave the bullet and the fragments floating around inside his body forever. Now we got a little gang meeting going on here in the hood. Going down like that. I ain't got time for you, cool. Look, man, Spencer sent me. Spencer got a lot of love for you. Spencer's family? I know, but he don't want to be the spark that causes no war. And that's exactly what's gonna happen if you and your boys do what you're talking about doing. This ain't no negotiation, little homie. Tyrone and everybody in this hood know that the James family are my people. And last night, Ty was making a statement. A statement that's one that I can't let go and answer. But if you and the OGs pop Ty over some kid who ain't even in the game? You don't get it. I see a mad dog. And that damn mad dog got to be put down. Even if he wears my colors. And you and I both know, Tyrone got to die. What I'm saying is, you ain't got to do it. I do it. <laughs> You do it, you starting a whole civil war. Bloods killing bloods on every block. So it won't just be Spencer in the hospital or in the ground. But if I do it, it's personal. Okay, that beef between a snitch and the bangers he snitched on. I started it. So I'll end it. Okay, cool. I'm gonna give you 24 hours to take your best shot. But if Tyrone is breathing tomorrow morning, I handle business. And if it starts a war, so be it, blood. You understand me? I mean, this is getting personal now. There is a gauntlet that has been thrown, and the gang has told Coop she either kills Tyrone within 24, or it's going to get real up in these streets. It's real on these streets, bitches. Block out your fears. Tackle your problems head on and always finish strong. He used to tell me those were the keys to success in life and on the field. Said God made them the same so we wouldn't forget. I don't think it's gospel, but I remember. That's his legacy. That's the man I want to be. And even though I'm afraid, I won't make this decision out of fear. I promise you, Mom, I promise with everything I got, I will finish strong. I promise. Oh, God, Spence is going to have the surgery <laughs> in the name of love and go back to the game. He's going to play again if he recovers. Preach, what the hell are you doing? Stopping you from doing something stupid. 
I heard what Tyrone did to your boy. So? So I know what you're about to do. Man, it ain't none of your business, and you don't know what I'm gonna do anyway. Knew you'd be here, didn't I? Where's your coupe necklace? Man, you ain't gotta throw away your life. You ain't gonna change my mind on this preach. Tyrone gotta die. I think you're the first to try. Hmm. Killing a cat like Tyrone ain't easy. Well, unless you came here to give me some tips, you can go. Because if I don't take care of Ty today, Flip gonna do it tomorrow. And we'll have blood shooting bloods in the middle of Kershaw by next week. It gotta be me. No. I can do it. Man, this ain't like when you beat Bugs ass. You blood. Same as Flip. Tyrone already put four bullets in me. If I take him out, it's revenge. Personal, long overdue. This ain't all you preach. He came after Spencer, my family. I started this. So I'm an Indian. Not everybody can pull the trigger, Coop. It don't matter how determined you are right now. You won't know until you stand in front of him. So, so you don't think I could do it? I hope you can. But even if I'm wrong, knowing the answer to that question. If you can kill a man, it changes a person. It changed me. I don't want it to change you. <laughs> don't do it, Coop. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got a situation brewing at the high school now. Come on. I understand you're upset, but there's nothing to be done. Cancel the meeting, or at least reschedule until my dad can come. Jordan, Cliff Mosley is an important member of the Beverly High community that the board wants to hear him out. It doesn't take a genius to know what Mr. Mosley's going to say in there. I, I thought you were on our side. Look, look, Principal London, don't let this happen, okay? Not when my dad hasn't left the hospital since last night. You can't expect him to be here with everything going on. That's exactly the point, Jordan. Your father's right. With all that your family's going through, it's best that he and you, for that matter, put your energy where it's most needed. That's at the hospital and at home. It's best for the team, and it's that's for your family. This is ridiculous. Don't the tell Beverly me you're buying Eagles this need a coach able to focus on the field. Right now, your father just isn't that man. Principal London, 
Now, I've got some ideas that I think might boost things up a little bit. All right, guys, what is all this? Absolutely. What are y'all doing here? Simone said Coach needed us. Strength in numbers. Everybody, you made your point, but this is a matter for the board now. No. No. Because what Cliff doesn't get is being an eagle doesn't stop when the whistle blows. All right? We show up for each other on the field and off. That's what makes us strong. And it's exactly what my dad is doing right now, putting the team first. Spencer James isn't even on the team anymore. He Spencer quit. James is an eagle, sir. Doesn't matter if he ever picks up a football again. You see, that's the difference between my dad and you, Cliff. He stands up for his players, especially when they can't stand up for themselves. So we're here to stand up for him, right? Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah! That is a beautiful moment of camaraderie and teamwork and loving one another and showing a bond as a team and a unit as one. It's the difference between the Eagles of Beverly Hills and everyone else. That's why they're state champs. Love. It's love that lifts us out of the dark. So when people put their lives on you, attack you, try to take you out, remember to let the love from those around you carry you through. Because the truth is, ignorance and hate hold hands. You know word on the street is Tyrone left town. Whoever he is, he ain't gonna be there for long. Yeah, and as soon as he show his face, I'm lighting his ass up. Get in line. They're trying to blind you. Smother us. They try to destroy the light of hope. But our love can consume the darkness and drive out the hate. Yeah, that love might not change everyone. You might still run into conscious and unconscious bias, microaggressions, outright racism, hate. But it's in those moments we gotta hold on to those that shine their light on us. We gotta hold on to those that give us life and love to the fullest. Because it's that love that binds us as a people. As a community. It's what helps us come back stronger and better than ever. This is Spencer James. Where Olivia Bakers live the truth. Peace. You gotta love that. Learning something every day. Learning how to love and be one people. Everybody join hands together now. And feel it. Valuable lessons. So both Darnell and Spence committed to play for Chip Kelly at UCLA, even though Spence's shoulders all banged up with nerve damage after he got shot in the drive-by, son. So his PT has not been going well, and he's hid the injury from UCLA and basically everyone else. Meanwhile, his boy Asher is still pumping roids in his body, and he's as jealous as ever that Spence is going to UCLA. Darnell and Spence have been out late at frat parties. Now they're going home to the women. It is about damn time. So who's going to go first? Oh, nobody's talking, huh? 
Okay, I guess I'll go first. No, I'll go. I got this. No, I got this. This is my house. Both of you, sit. Now. Come on, let's go. Why you ain't moving? Come on, move it. Sit down. Now, what in the hell makes you think you can walk into my house at this hour? Mom. Don't you even think about opening your mouth. Just because I ask you a question doesn't mean I want to hear your voice. There is nothing that either of you could say that would justify the disrespect you've shown me, Renee, or my house. You have anything you want to add? No, it looks like you got this. But you know what? I want to hear the excuse anyway. Don't you want to know, Renee? Oh, I want to hear it. So tell us. Look at me. Why would you walk in here way past your curfew without so much of a phone call or text? Speak. Oh, I... I didn't know if I was allowed to speak. Boy. Oh, we, we were celebrating. I committed to UCLA today. It was one of the biggest moments of my life, Mom. Did you commit to? I tried. They ain't got a spot for me right now. Oh, baby. It's okay. Spencer. You are going to get through this injury. And we're going to be there for you every step of the way. Me too. I wouldn't feel the same without my brother. Come <sighs> on, man. You ain't got to worry about me. Ain't nothing going to stop me getting back to the player I was, right? Nothing. It's my future. The bonding between the two boys is unbelievable. And now, Darnell's mother does not want to take him back to Germany. She's going to let him go to UCLA. Things are getting hot and heavy with Olivia and Asher in a hotel room with a bed full of roses. But it's on now. No, this is, uh, seriously, like, the sweetest thing anyone has ever done for me. We promised to be honest with each other, right? So you tell me if there was something going on? Of course. What are you, what are you asking me, Liv? Are you using steroids? This off-season needed to be my comeback. I can't be around somebody who uses drugs. No, it's not. It's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't think that you can perform without it, that's an addiction in my book. So yeah, it's the same thing. Okay. Okay, I'm done. I promise. Unbelievable. Asher admits that he's on the juice. Asher promised that he would quit doing steroids, but it's obvious that he lied. He has not quit using roids because he had an incredible performance in an exhibition game where the local college was watching him and they even invited him in for a recruiting visit. They're interested in his wide receiver skill set, but he did the entire game juiced. And he started having dizzy spells after the game in front of his girlfriend, Olivia. And she knows that he's lying. Oh, God. The lies have started again in the drug use. Asher's still arguing. This is my fault? I didn't say that. Yeah, but you were thinking it. I just can't believe you told your dad. I felt so blindsided. Okay, well, so did I. When you lied to me, you said you stopped using and then you started again before the scrimmage. I didn't lie. Okay, I meant it when I said it. 
should have just given me a heads up you were telling him, Liv. Why? So you could lie to him too? You betrayed my trust. You were relying on a drug as a quick fix. And in my experience, Asher, that only leads to trouble. And I can't be in a relationship with someone who's sick. I can't be near that slippery slope. That's why I told my dad. I get it, but maybe he's not just your dad. He's also my coach. I could have lost everything. Asher's still blaming everyone for his problems. There's an arrest warrant out for Coop for murdering Tyrone. The cops think she did it. And her lover threw the gun in the river. That was her out. That would have proved that she didn't do it, but the gun is gone. And now it looks like Coop's in a deep hole with the popo. A Roger Vector Romeo Whiskey Velveeta Slice. A Roger Lardass. Miracles never cease. Coop is freed as the mother of Sean, who was killed, admits to murdering Tyrone. She shot Tyrone dead, not Coop. So Coop's arrest warrant was eradicated, and Coop is free to roll and become a rap star. Check out. So the coach, Billy Baker, has taken the fall for Asher's drug use. He let Asher keep playing as long as he quit doing steroids and took daily pee tests which he continued to pass. But the principal busted the coach and said, I found a bottle of steroids in the locker room. So either you find out who these belong to or I'm suspending the whole team. So Billy Baker, the head coach, took the fall and said they were his roids. So the principal suspended him and he let Asher keep playing and he's out as head coach, at least for the time being. Unbelievable developments of Beverly High. So now it's time for the Jamboree and spends his last chance to show the coaches at UCLA that he's got game without shoulder problems and see if they'll recommit to him. Meanwhile, Coop has been offered a record deal with record executives that want her to be a rap star. So she's finally been offered a gig after recently being wanted for murder. Now she's off the hook on that and has an opportunity to tour all summer and be a rapper. So she hasn't accepted the offer yet. I don't know what she's waiting for. She must be tripping. So finally, Asher admits that he did the steroids to the principal. Coach Baker's reinstated. Asher suspended indefinitely. He manned up and told the team that he was juicing. And now Billy's back coaching the team after they lost to Westlake in the scrimmage in the Jamboree. It's business as usual. It's time to start winning for the Eagles of Beverly High. One thing I could never understand about season one to season two was in season one of All-American, they had real football where they played in pads and people were getting lit up. And in season two, the entire season was some kind of flag football, seven on seven football. I mean, they were wearing helmets, but they weren't wearing pads and nobody is tackling or hitting anybody. It's just literally the cheesiest thing I've ever seen. Now, I know they have tons of seven-on-seven all over the country now. I guess that's the new thing. But where I'm from, in New York City and in North Jersey and in the state of New Jersey, man, they're playing smash-mouth football with pads on. Some of you are going to get lit up, son. There's none of this seven-on-seven candy-ass football. So the school and the AD did this huge investigation into Billy Baker, the head coach for the steroids. And if there was other lies during his tenure, of course, as head coach during all the championships, two of them, I believe, one with the contact full pads, one seven on seven title as well. 
from this year, but they've been investigating him. He had been suspended because of the steroids and Asher. So the boosters eventually got in the way of the investigation and convinced the school NEAD to drop the investigation as a favor. It was basically Asher's dad because Billy Baker had saved Asher's life and his career. And so he went out of his way to return the favor by getting the boosters and the school to stop the investigation. So all is good until Billy rolls into the football season gala at a downtown Lipstick City high-rise restaurant with shrimp cocktails and cocktails with the girls offering some of the players flask drinks. And Billy walks in in his sweatsuit up to the AD in front of everybody, all dressed to the nines, and resigned effective immediately. He quits as head coach of the Beverly Eagles, and it's a shocker. After we were willing to give him another chance, he lacks work ethic, okay? That was always Billy's problem. Ever since I've known him, he's done this. How dare you? (laughs) D.A. Baker. You know what? Stop talking, okay? Billy poured his heart and soul into this football program and never asked for anything in return. You want to talk about character? Beverly will never find another head coach that cares about his players as much as Billy does. Trust me, you're going to regret losing him. Strong effort by Billy's wife, D.A. Baker, Laura Baker, the D.A. in the county, standing up for her boy, who, of course, she got separated from, and Billy's moved out of the house and is living in a condo near their mansion in Beverly Hills. But at least she stood up for him at the gala. We got a situation at the town hall before they close Crenshaw High, turn it into a Magna school. Spence wants to speak. Please don't give up on South Crenshaw High, Miss Sanchez. Not yet. My mom's reminding me today that if we keep taking resources out of the neighborhood, if we keep diluting the legacies and memories created by this neighborhood, there's going to be no hood left standing. And look, I'm guilty of it too. I took a resource away from my neighborhood. And like Superintendent Carter, I thought I was doing it for all the right reasons, but I was wrong. I was wrong. Reinvesting in our community, reinvesting in us, in all of us, is the right choice. That's why I'm bringing back the resource I took away. What resource are you referring to? Me. I'm the resource. I'm one of the top 100 players in the country. Back on top of every recruiter's list, D1 schools will travel to see me play. That kind of national attention will attract even more resources and talent, not just to the school, but to the neighborhood without pushing the locals out. So as of this fall, I'll be re-enrolling as a student at South Crenshaw High. That's what I'm talking about, Spence, going back to Crenshaw High, baby. I knew it all along. I knew it all along that Spence was going to ask Billy Baker to come play and be the coach at Crenshaw because that's where he played his high school ball on Billy Baker Field. The field's named after him. The school's football program's named after him. And now after he quit at Beverly, he's going back to coach Spence his senior year and save Crenshaw High in the hood. That's what I'm talking about, baby. And now we know what happens. I got to give all the credit for All-American to Netflix, kick-ass show. I watched season one. I loved it. It came back with season two. I loved it even more. And then I could just feel it coming when Spence went back to Crenshaw High, and then he got Billy Baker to go back and coach at Crenshaw that season three was going to go down. 
So I'm stoked for that to happen. I can't wait till it happens. I know this was a CW show, and it was never that popular on CW, but it's popular as hell on Netflix. The number two rated show in the USA on Netflix, and that's top shelf status. So God bless Netflix. And All-American, one of my favorite shows. Check out. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.